What's up, church? You guys are getting creative in your answers. Some say nothing. Some say good morning. Um, I am so excited for this morning. First, uh, we're not having a s'mores bar at the Christmas Eve Eve. We're having a hot chocolate bar. So I'm just managing expectations here, okay? I don't want anybody to show up and be disappointed on Christmas Eve Eve. So, um, but uh, we are in our Advent series, which is all about preparing for Jesus is preparing our hearts, preparing our lives for Jesus. We do this in the holidays, right? My guess is you've put some thought, hopefully you've put some thought, into some presents. Uh, if you don't, if you haven't yet, come and ask me, I'll give you some ideas. But if you ha- like you put things, thoughts into what you're going to buy people, you put thoughts into how you're going to travel, who are you going to see, what are you going to do this Christmas season, we should at least spend some time putting some thoughts into how are we preparing our hearts, how are we preparing our minds and our lives for Jesus, to celebrate what Jesus has done, what Jesus is doing, and what Jesus will do. Uh, today, it, it, I've got about 10 minutes to preach. Yeah, you're like, yeah, right, good luck. Uh, i got about 10 minutes to preach because we are celebrating today what Jesus is currently doing in the lives of six people in our congregation. We're going to celebrate with baptisms this morning. Woo-hoo! Amen? So, I'm going to keep this short. Hold me accountable. Somebody at like 1029, if I'm still preaching, just yell, stop. Okay, because we're going to hear some testimonies from uh, the six people, and then we're going to celebrate and worship and do the baptism. So uh, Christmas, it's this season. It's this season where, uh, it's the time of year, it's the season where Buddy will be reconciled to his father, who abandoned him. Right? Ralphie is going to get the BB gun that he's been hoping for. (laughs) No, don't do it, Ralphie. The Grinch, his heart's going to grow three sizes this year, uh, and he's finally going to open his life and his heart to love other people, and specifically the people of Whoville. Amen. (laughs) Clark, Clark is going to get the bonus check. And John McClane is going to defeat all the bad guys. Well, like, this is Christmas. We walk into the season, and there's all these, it's like this magical time of year. The last couple of days, it has been like a snow globe outside. It's, it's beautiful. It's magical. But it's this time of year where, where we enter this season with this, like, beauty and optimism and hope that things are going to be changed, right? That, that what is a struggle in life will become a blessing. This is like the crux of every Christmas story out there. The crux at the heart of every Christmas story is there is a, a transformation that takes place in one's heart and in one's mind. 
time when we celebrate stories of transformation. We celebrate goodness and kindness and humanity. It's a time when we're no longer lonely. It's a time when my husband and wife will finally get me and maybe start to love me. It's a time of year when relationships that are broken will be reconciled. It's a time of year where we hope for the miracle. In whatever form that takes place. Sorry, there's a fan up there that's making noise. Just ignore it. I see some of you like looking up. What's happening? It's this time of hope. It's this time of expectation. And my question is, this Christmas season, what are you hoping in? What are you hoping for? I, I don't know all of your situations, but my guess is there's some of you where life is going really well right now. What's your hope in? There's some of you where life is really stressful. There's bills, there's things breaking, there's things going on in the family. There's things that are stressful, that are, have you worried, that, that bring anxiety. My question for you, what are you putting your hope in? And there's some of us where life is just straight falling apart. What are we putting our hope in? What are you putting your hope in when things are going well? What are you putting your hope in when things are stressful? What are you putting your hope in when things are absolutely falling apart? Is it in a person? Is it in a relationship? Is it in a situation? Whatever that situation may be. Is it in a paycheck, a job, an income? Is your hope dependent on something that somebody else does? Or do you put your hope in yourself? Well, I'm the only one I can rely on. I just got to pull, my, pull myself up. I just got to get work, work harder. I got to do the thing. I got I to gotta just white knuckle it. And I just got to get through because the only thing that I can hope in is myself. There's probably a lot of men in this room that subconsciously have that view. Well, I can't depend on anybody else. I, I have to do it. It's my job to do it. Who do you put your hope in? Uh, Psalm 143, I know it's not a normal Christmas text, but Psalm 143 is this beautiful prayer by the psalmist. And Psalm 143 begins like this, O Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy, and your faithfulness and righteousness come to my relief. There's this cry for hope. There's this cry. I'm losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. I remember the days of old. It says, the enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. My spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. 
It's this psalmist who seemingly has come to the end of his rope. Nothing is working in life. There's people that are out to get me. Things are not lining up in my favor. The circumstances are rough. He's crying out to God. Maybe that's you this Christmas season as we walk into the holidays, or maybe that has been you in the past, and you remember what that feels like. But I love what the psalmist says here. I remember the days long ago. I meditate on all of your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me. Let the morning bring me the word of your unfailing love. I love these verses. I love this prayer, this crying out, because what does it show that the psalmist has his hope in? His circumstance? No. Himself? Like he's going to be able to get through? No. Money? No. Shelter? No. Like he's at the end of his rope, and what does he say? I'm going to remember... Jesus, what you've done, how you've worked in the past, and I'm going to trust that you are going to work today as you did in the past. I'm going to fix my eyes on you, Jesus. I'm going to cry out. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to you like my soul is dying of thirst. That's how intensely I'm going to lean on you. this beautiful reminder his hope is not in himself is not in his situation but his hope is in God and this is how we come on the scene at Christmas time this is going to be a very shortened uh, thing here in this sermon but uh, it's not giving it the justice that it deserves but this hope is something that you see throughout the Christmas story and throughout the whole rest of the New Testament playing out In the Christmas story, I love the Christmas story because we usually put it in snow globes and we draw these beautiful pictures of it. But the Christmas story was difficult. The people hadn't heard from God in 400 years. 400 years, God was, for all we know, silent. What kept the people going through those 400 years? Hope, right? Hoping that God was going to come through. Hoping that God was going to show up. Hoping that God was going to save them. And then we see the Christmas story. In the beginning of the Gospels, we see the story start to play out. And it's a story where where Jesus is entering the scene. A time where there's violence, where there's injustice, where there's abuse of power, where there's homelessness, refugees fleeing from oppression, families being ripped apart. There is struggle going on in the Christmas story. And you see it in every single one of the characters. Elizabeth and Zechariah, they are barren. They can't have kids. And they are old. And they are praying and hoping that they're going to have kids. 
Joseph and Mary are arranged to be married. And then an angel comes and drops a bomb and goes, hey, guess what? This is going to take place. Then you see Joseph and Mary both trying to get their minds around this news. That through them, the Savior is going to be born. This is a time of struggle. This is a time of pain. This is a time when they are waiting there, hoping to hear from God. And Jesus is born into the Christmas story. Jesus is the Christmas story. He's the symbol of hope. In the midst of our pain, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our questions, in the midst of our doubt, we can be hopeful because of Jesus. This is the Christmas story. Hope is defined as a feeling of expectation and desire towards a certain thing happening. 2 Corinthians 4.18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. Last week, we talked about peace. What's the main thing about peace? The question is, what are you fixing your mind on? Because if you fix your mind on Jesus, that's where peace comes from. If you fix your mind on your circumstance, you may not be able to have or cling to hope. But if you fix your mind on Jesus, that is where you can find hope. That goes beyond any circumstance. That goes beyond any relationship. That goes beyond any paycheck. That goes beyond any family strife or turmoil. That goes beyond what you can do. G.K. Chesterton wrote this about hope. Hope is the power of being cheerful in circumstances that we know to be desperate. It is not a blissful ignorance or wishful thinking, but a subversive cheer that refuses to let circumstances triumph over courage. Doubt overcome faith. Adversity conquer compassion. This is not easy, he says. It's not our default setting. When we hit brick walls, our first emotion that naturally arises is generally not hope. Hope requires strength that comes from focusing on a greater vision than what is wrong. We may not have every problem figured out, but we serve a God who love this world enough to join us in it. And we trust Jesus when he said, Behold, I am making all things new. I love that. We may not have every problem figured out. Not every relationship is healed. 
not everything works out the way that we'd like it to. But we serve a God who has loved this world enough to join us in it. I like John's version of the Christmas story, right? Jesus is the life. The fullness of God. Jesus is the light. And he moves into the neighborhood to live among us. This is what we celebrate in Christmas. This is why we can hope in whatever circumstance and situation you and I are going through. Amen? Amen. 1029, beautiful. Uh, Today I want to invite, six people are getting baptized, so if you could get up and start making your way up here on stage, uh, join me right here. Today we get to see this hope demonstrated in action. We get to share in this moment where these beautiful people have made a commitment to follow Jesus and now they get to make a public uh, profession of this new association with Jesus. It's a symbolic public symbol that our old self dies as we go down into the water and we are raised up out of the water as new sons and daughters in Jesus Christ. So, I didn't tell you guys about this part, but I want you guys to just introduce yourself, just say your name, we'll go down, and then we have a few of us that are going to share testimonies. What is your name, dear? My name is Kay Burley. My name is Brayton. My name is Carissa. I'm Bree. My name's Michelle. My name's Josh. Beautiful. So we brought up some of the kids' ministry because Josh is uh, a leader down in kids' ministry, and we wanted everyone to be able to be a part of this and see this. So if you could start, just share a little bit of your testimony with us. Yeah. Um, So like I said, my name is Carissa. Um, I'm a college student here at University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, and I would love to share uh, my entire journey with God um, since I was born 21 years ago, but Jamie's only giving me two to three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So I am just going to share what has happened recently in the last like two years since I came to college and um, just really what God has done through me um, in this season of um, time. So basically, when I came to college, um, from the outside perspective, it kind of looked like I had it all. I um, am a student athlete. I have good grades, a good future, a wonderful family and friends, um, and really a great social media, everything. But um, really, it like never fulfilled me. And it was kind of just like the world told me that I should be happy. These things should make me happy. But they never did. And um, I had a relationship with God, but I never lived for God. And um, I fell so deep in this loneliness that it was just became too much. And um, I ended up turning towards God and tor- turning towards a Christian community. And um, I just want to give thanks to Michelle, who's also getting baptized here with me today. And um, my Bible study that has really um, helped me grow in my faith and um, just really turn towards God and surrender to him in that loneliness. And um, over the last couple of years, um, God has provided me with an amazing community. Um, He has healed me of this loneliness. And um, even though in times it felt like 
he wasn't answering my prayers, and I was asking and asking, and there was nothing being received. Um, he eventually, he eventually um, showed up in my life, and um, yeah, now I just want to um, give praise to God, and I'm standing here ready to get baptized because I just want to show um, to all of you guys, all my friends and family, that um, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and um, he is my Lord and Savior, and he is good, and he will always show up, and um, even in the battle, you can always turn to him. Um, Thank you. So I could be up here all morning, honestly, so I wrote a little something so I can keep it short and sweet. Um, So I've decided to get baptized today because I've never known Jesus as Savior to the extent of which I do today. After a really painful season, I found myself clinging to him in the word and in prayer more than I have ever done before in my walk. And during this season, his love, his grace, and his mercy came to life in a way that I've never known or experienced before. I had the head knowledge, but it wasn't in my heart until this previous season. And the more I read and the more I prayed through the Bible, the more I became aware of my bro- not, only, not only my brokenness, but also my sin and the extent of what that looks like. And with that deeper awareness of that came a heart change that only Jesus himself can do. I realized that not only do I not want to live without him, I, I don't want to live without him. And I've just been in completely in awe of how, despite undeserving that I am of God's mercy and love, yet he lavishes it on me because of what Jesus did for my sin and how undeserving that is, but just he's good. And because of his love, I want to live my life on this side of heaven for Jesus. I am forever thankful for him, for his redemptive love. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, so I'm choosing to honor him with this new life through him with baptism. So I'm Michelle, and um, the past few days I've lost my voice, so I'm still getting it back, but it's a, it's a lot better than it was a few days ago. So bear with me if, I, if my voice breaks a little bit. Um, so... It's taken me a while to get to this point in my faith where I can now full-heartedly say that I believe Jesus Christ died on the sins. Jesus died on the cross for my sins and let Jesus enter every area of my life. My faith is not something that I just do or something I was born into, but it's instead, instead it's a relationship that I'm just constantly deepening. Jesus desires a relationship with us. And it's no matter where we're at in our life and what we've done. There was a point in my life where I was hurt by Christians, and this made me bitter towards Christianity. And then I also questioned whether I really believed in Jesus. And then I distanced myself from Christian community. But I knew I needed a higher power to help me through all of life's struggles. And God helped me by pursuing me and met me where I was at in my moment of questioning. I decided to attend things to learn more about Jesus, to see if this was something I truly believed and wanted to center my life around. As I learned more and more about Jesus, I opened myself to a community of Christians again, and I was able to experience Jesus' immeasurable love. I knew at this point I wanted to live my life following 
and building a relationship with a God who loves me that much. I have found that I experience the most joy and purpose in my life when I share my faith with others. It has taken me some time to get to this point, to just openly share my faith to other people. And it it can be scary for sure, but I know it's worth it because I want others to know about the love that Jesus offers us all. And he's changed the way that I live my life, and I hope others can open themselves to know Jesus more because it is so worth it. And you don't need to do it alone. God has blessed me with such a great family and Eau Claire community who has helped me grow in my faith with me. And thank you all. I see a bunch of people in the crowd for helping me grow in my faith. I don't know if I could do it without you, but thank you. Thank God that you were put in my life. All right, so uh, I'll try to keep it as short as I can. I found God when I was young um, through a lot of church hurt and being forced out of a church. My family was forced out of a church. We, I walked away, uh, walked away for many years and thought I didn't need God if this is how it's going to be. Don't want it. And... Lo and behold, um, I met my wife 13 years ago. We just celebrated our anniversary this last week. And she has been my, she has been a, an example in my life that she's just a shining light. And she shows, she shows me Jesus' love every single day. And... I, I am the man I am today because of her and because of God's love through her and through all of you. Uh, we met this incredible, we came to this incredible church and we have an incredible family here. And I just want to thank you all. Yeah. Hello, everyone. As you know, I am Kaberly and I... I'm really excited and nervous at the same time to be here. I've been very negative for most of my life, and I'm finally ready, I think, to change it. And I've wanted to change it for a while now, and I think that I'm finally ready. And thank you for everybody for being here, and everyone else on here getting baptized with me. This, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable with this. Thank you. He's like, I told you no, <laughs> and I meant it. Thank you so much for sharing your stories, guys. Um, I think it's beautiful because a lot of these stories kind of like blend together with the community. Uh, Carissa wouldn't be up here, most likely, right now, if it wasn't for Michelle starting her small group. And Michelle wouldn't be there if it wasn't from the work of Jesus in her life. Uh, so it's a beautiful reminder of community, the body of Christ, and how it all works together to bring others closer to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. So worship team's going to come on up. We're going to begin to worship, and we're going to do these baptisms. Uh, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. 
We thank you for these six that are up here that are taking a public step, a public declaration, that they are following you. And Jesus, we pray that through this baptism, uh, that your Holy Spirit enters their life in a new and fresh way, that you give them strength and courage, that you give them a new identity, a new foundation, and you strengthen your voice in their life. We praise you, Jesus. We celebrate what you are doing. We celebrate what you have done, what you continue to do, and what you will do in the future. Amen? Amen.